the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. This program was originally broadcast live on 93.9 KPDQ. We hope you enjoy the show. Well, good afternoon and welcome to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. James Blend producing, Dave King engineering here in the Portland area, Pedro Bartes producing and engineering in Seattle. For the next couple of segments, we'll take a look at the lighter side of the news. And in that vein, I've invited James Blend to join me in that effort. Welcome, James. I thank you. What a wonderful, wonderful day to be spending with you. Okay. Oh. (laughs) Well, I had to bring this up again. I talked about it earlier this week, but this is just so puzzling to me and so indicative of the time we live in. Um, the, The news item was the upcoming Barney movie. Okay, Barney. It was a preschool uh, program. I could not take Barney. The costume, the way the arms worked, the whole thing. It just was, it was annoying to me. I love you. You love me. La, la, da da da. Anyway, there's an upcoming Barney movie. I get it. They're reproducing all kinds of things because apparently creativity has left the building. Anyway, the upcoming Barney movie based on the popular 90s era show for preschool age children. Now, mind you, preschool age children featuring an anthropomorphic purple and green dinosaur won't be aimed at children, according to Mattel. Uh-huh. Instead, the movie's going to be marked, marketed rather toward adults and will be an uh, A24 type of surrealistic movie. That's according to Mattel Films executive. The New Yorker, on the heels of the studio's Barbie blockbuster success, thought this was a good idea. We're leaning into the millennial angst of the of the uh, uh, property rather than fine-tuning this for kids. How would you fine-tune Barney, who was, you know, originally for uh, preschoolers? What fine-tuning? It seems to me you're fine-tuning it for adults. But anyway, it's really a play for adults, he says. Um, now, not that it's rated R. But it'll focus on some of the trials and tribulations of being 30-something, growing up with Barney, just the level of disenchantment within the generation. And so 30-somethings need a plush, stuffed dinosaur to somehow help them make it through life's challenges. Is, is this new Barney a safe space? Apparently so, where everything's plush. Barney was a ubiquitous figure in many of uh, our childhoods. Not mine. I didn't have Barney, thankfully. I grew up quite Nor did I. Normally. And it's well before me. Yeah. Or well after me, after I should you. say. Uh, then he disappeared into the shadows, left misunderstood, he says. No, nobody cared and gave him a thought. It's more like it. When the movie was announced, we were excited to explore this compelling modern-day hero compelling modern day here maybe i'm thinking of something else i'm thinking of that big stuffed purple dinosaur compelling hero modern day and see if his message of i love you you love me can stand the test of time among grown adults in an interview with variety brenner said that the barney movie would be more adult and have adult themes and sort of be a little bit off kilter Well, it seems to me it's a lot off kilter, exploring themes like identity 
and finding who you love and who feels alienated. And what does it all mean? So grown men and women apparently need a cartoon to help them figure it all out. Times. Oh, please, the no. The happiest memories of all. Oh, no, please. the ones we share with the friends we love. Oh, no. I love you. You love me. No, I don't. We're a happy family. You're making me with miserable. With a great big hug and a kiss from me to you. No. Won't you say you love me no. too? No. Oh. <laughs> I just can't see it. I can't I, see it. I mean, what 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 are they going to do? Have that song covered by, like, Kanye or something? <laughs> I don't know what they're going to Is he going to wear a business suit? What's the, what's the deal? Anyway, Mattel Films is also developing projects based on franchises such as Polly Pocket. Now, there's a feature-length film if you want to see one. Thomas and Friends and American Girl, as well as Hot Wheels. But as uh, 2023 nears its end, uh, reports indicate Hollywood is unlikely to release a full feature G-rated movie this year. So at least we're saved for the remainder of this year. In February, Mattel announced it was uh, relaunching the entire Barney franchise. Oh, good. Uh, Which will span television, film, and YouTube uh, content as well as uh, music and a full range of kids' products, including toys, books, clothing, and more. So if you're looking for that uh, Christmas gift, there you go. Barney will be launched as a brand new animated series in 2024. Oh, I, I'm reminded of uh, Scripture when I was a child. Speak as a child. I did childish things. But when I became a man slash woman. Can we move on into adulthood? One wonders. So it- let me get this straight. There's nothing to get. It's going to be an animated show? Well, no, that there's an animated show in addition to the full-length adult movie. So the animated show, though, obviously won't be a giant stuffed, because it'll be a giant drawn dinosaur. I feel like I've seen one of those before. I think it was the uh, Flintstones? <laughs> you know, I could stand uh, the, uh, the dinosaur in that one. Oh, I know. I always used to say that was my favorite purple dinosaur. Yeah. Because, yeah. Bar- Barney has pretty much ruined it for me. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. Well, one of the reasons I want to bring this next story up is just, it just sounds funny. Ding was docked for wearing the wrong twow- trouser. <laughs> I'll say trousers. Okay, it's only funny <laughs> if you can actually say it. <laughs> Ding was docked for wearing the wrong trousers. Well, Chinese okay. snooker player Ding... Hun Huai, or something very like that, had to forfeit the opening frame for wearing the um, the wrong trousers in his 4-3 victory over compatriot Ha Helong at the English Open on Monday. Okay. We're talking about snooker. The 36-year-old donned his usual brown snooker suit with bow tie and waistcoat, having forgotten about the all-black dress code for the event held in Brentwood near London. I totally forgot that I needed a black shirt and trousers for this tournament, he said, uh, saying um, at the World Snooker Tour website. My memory is not good. I didn't think about it. Once I was playing, I tried to just concentrate on the match, which he won. Despite a friend's quick run to the store to purchase the correct uniform, Ding was late for the start of the match. By the time he was ready to play and was docked the opening frame. 
Again, the only point of the story, Ding was docked for wearing the wrong trousers. I mean, I always hear about, uh, you know, in, in Europe and UK, especially the playing of snooker. And, and I know it involves a pool table, but I had to actually look up if there was any difference between the two. And it, apparently it's a much bigger table in snooker. So, well, there you go. There actually is a difference, but I just thought it was a different name for it. Yes, but Ding was donged for wearing the wrong trousers. What was that again? <laughs> Ding was donged for wearing the wrong trousers. Say it one more time. I didn't hear you the first two. <laughs> Ding was donged for wearing the wrong trousers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you have it. Yeah, you can never get that three minutes back. No, you cannot. A Florida cheese delivery service broke a Guinness World Record by assembling a charcuterie board containing 769 pounds of qualifying ingredients. I'm not sure what qualifies, but the um, West Palm Beach Delivery Company teamed up with Columbus Craft Meats to assemble a charcuterie board with 769 pounds of gourmet cheeses and cured meats at the Colony Hotel in Palm Beach. Glad they're not using sick meat. Yeah. That's a good thing. A Guinness World Records adjudicator was on hand to certify the end result, and it was the world's largest charcuterie board. That's a big deal now. Everyone's making charcuterie boards. I, I, I'll i be honest. It's one of those things I don't get, the, the name charcuterie. It's like, wouldn't it just used to be like you basically took a meat tray, a cheese tray, and a, a veggie tray, and you threw it on a slab of wood and called it something else. Yeah, it's just kind of the 21st century replacement for fondue. That was what everyone was I doing. I like fondue. Yeah, it was I don't it need it good. replaced. <laughs> well, it's been replaced. I'm sorry to tell you. Well, Alaska's right. Katmai National Park revealed the 12 big-bellied bears that are vying for the top spot in this year's Fat Bear Week bracket. The park annually allows online voters to choose which of 12 portly pret uh, predators packing on the um, on the pork. Okay, twelve portly predators packing on the pork. I, I didn't like that as much as Ding was docked for wearing the wrong trousers. Yeah, well, unfortunately, afterwards, uh, both uh, Winnie the Pooh and Yogi Bear both filed protests for fat shaming of bears. <laughs> well, the twelve portly predators packing on the pork. Were on full display. The favorites in this year's bracket include 747, a two-time Fat Bear Week winner, who uh, park officials said is typically very fat by the end of the annual event. Another favorite, Otis, was uh, has won Fat Bear Week three times and is beloved by fans for his blocky muzzle and a floppy right ear. Park officials wrote Otis will have to work very hard uh, this year, as his advanced years have taken a toll on the health of his teeth. Online voting opened on Wednesday, runs through the 10th of October. Voters will choose between two bears each day with the winner moving on to the next round in the bracket. So one of the things you said in there kind of caught my attention. You talked about what, how... The 12 portly predators packing on the pork? Well, no, not that, but oh. uh, something to ponder as we go to break here. The um, You mentioned that they were heavier by the end of the competition. One of them was heavier by the end of the competition than they were at the start? Yes. Are they eating the competition? <laughs> no. Are they just, eating the judges? No, they're just preparing to hibernate. Okay. All right. So we're going to um, ponder the 12 portly predators packing on the pork while we go to break. You're listening to The Georgine Rice Show.
You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show. I remember Thomas Sowell made reference in his uh, often read column, Random Thoughts on a Passing Scene. And that's pretty much what we'll be doing here today. Again, I've invited James Blend to join me to uh, take that uh, stroll through a passing scene. Welcome, James. Why, thank you. Due to a lack of good judgment, here I am. Again. Yeah, I need to get some help. But well, it the, the definition of insanity is making the same decision over and over again. <laughs> In this case, the same mistake. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, again, I'll, I'll seek some sort of help. As will I. Well, you've heard the, uh, the statement, you are what you eat. Well, let's hope that's not the case. There was an interesting article on the stomach churning photos that captured the bizarre things that people have found in their food, which begs the question, how many things have we eaten that we haven't found in our food? Among those listed, uh, a frog frozen into vanilla ice cream. Uh, people was from, that by accident or by choice? Well, it was, you know, they purchased it, and one would assume that it was not intended to be there by the manufacturer. But, yeah, they were surprised to open it up, and there on the top, I actually saw the image, was the frog frozen at the very top. People from all around the world shared their stomach-churning snaps online. Um Yeah. Well, social media users uh, shared what they had uh, almost eaten, and it was a bit difficult to uh, uh, to stomach. One person found a fish hook in their dinner after they cooked up some mackerel. Makes sense, but not appetizing. Um, Let's see. Someone else uh, bizarrely found a large. uh, Well, I mentioned the frozen frog in the vanilla ice cream. Another person in Asia was shocked to discover a stainless steel nut Floating in a jar of gherkins, you know, a nut like a yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, meanwhile, someone else found that a sell uh, by date was actually printed onto their mustard instead of onto the container the mustard was held in. A husband sliced into a bana- into banana bread and found that his wife had baked a spoon she had mislaid while baking right in the uh, said bread. I've had that happen to me once. Really? Yeah, I, I, I was eating at a well-known uh, taco restaurant, mm-hmm. um, and I uh, opened it up, and it was flabbergasted to, to, to see, see that there was actually a taco in there from that taco restaurant. That okay. was the worst possible outcome. Yeah, I guess it <laughs> it could happen. Yep. Let's see. One woman cut open her squid for her meal, only to see that the squid had enjoyed for dinner a fish that was still in its stomach. So I don't know if she got two entrees for one or she just couldn't eat either one because it was pretty unappetizing. Elsewhere, someone found a fish hook in their dinner after they cooked up. uh, Well, they mentioned that one. Another person found a bullet in their steak, uh, which is enough to put anyone off their dinner. Um, Another person found a tiny starfish in one of their mussels, uh, which was too cute to eat. I'm not sure if it was alive or dead. A pizza place accidentally delivered a meal to a customer with their phone inside the box, neatly placed directly on top of the pizza. While another person's uh, orange appeared to have another mini orange growing inside. You know, you open it up and there was another little orange. Early gestation, apparently. While another person had their healthy meal ruined after they nearly ate a praying mantis which was camouflaged in the greens, the leafy greens. I saw an image and you could barely make it out. But again, it raises the question, what have we actually eaten that we didn't, you know, pay close enough attention to 
and just consumed because it was on our plate. Finally, a uh, someone found a USB key inside their sausage. After putting it into their computer, they found a picture of someone smiling on the drive. So was it intentional, accidental? We may never know. I'm sort of off eating right now. It reminds me, a couple of years ago, there was a problem with uh, beef, I believe. And uh, part of the problem was that there were unacceptable levels of cow droppings in the beef. Oh, dear. And is there an acceptable the question, level? <laughs> that's the question. That oh right my. there was the question I had from that moment on. What is the acceptable level? And does that mean there's always cow droppings in our beef? My guess is yes. It can and be. You know what? I, oh. I think it's it's better off. I just don't know. Let's just move on. Shall move we move on? Well, this was unintended. But um, did you know that uh, toilet paper mega brand is introducing a cutting edge design? Changing toilet paper as we have known it. I was intrigued because, you know, does it really matter? No. Well, the chairman has announced a new design in its toilet paper for the first time in 100 years, and it's not what you think. The mega brand announced uh, that the ultra soft rolls of toilet paper will have a new perforation line. Okay. The easy tear paper will be scalloped edged. In an effort to give consumers a simpler and smoother tear. This is Charmin, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. You heard it here first. Just remember not to squeeze it. Yeah. Is that really much of an innovation? I'm looking for an innovation where the, um, you know, it doesn't tear off before you want it to tear off. Well, there is that. Yeah. When you have like half a piece, it's like, what? Why'd that tear off there? (laughs) I wasn't trying to do that. Well, they're calling it an innovation, the first in 100 years, because instead of a straight line, it's a squiggly line. I don't even know what to say to that. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. No. I just need to have it work. I mean, the only thing that's disturbing there is hearing the words cutting edge and toilet paper. That that <laughs> that's disturbing in its own way. Well, it is. I have to I have to admit. Well, a woman from Georgia reportedly returned from a vacation, having spent a, you know, wonderful time away from home, only to find that the house she owned in Atlanta had been completely demolished. Whoops. She said she found her longtime family property totaled after a construction company mistakenly tore it down. She was apparently notified about the bizarre accident. That's an understatement. After receiving a call from a neighbor, well, the neighbor reached out to Hodgson. They'd been, you know, neighbors for a period of time, asked her if she had uh, sent someone to tear down the vacant home. She said no. Well, there's someone over here who just demolished the whole house and tore it all down. Well, the house has reportedly been boarded up for nearly 15 years, but still it was hers. Uh, she keeps the house covered, the grass cut, and the exterior of the home clean, even though it's unoccupied. The taxes are paid. Everything is up to uh, up to date, she says. The workers were nasty when approached by the neighbor. Uh, he told her to shut up and mind her own business. But he wishes he had listened now. Well, Hodgson said that uh, she sent a family member over to the Southwest Atlanta property to speak with the crew and request to look over their permit. The guy pulled it out and said, oh, I'm at the wrong address. (laughs) Oh, I'm at the wrong address. And he just packs everything up and leaves and the house is well destroyed, down and gone. Well, the company allegedly responsible for the demolition, you call it, we haul it, has not yet responded to um, questions. Uh, the company's voice box is full, though there is an option to uh, leave a callback number. You call it, we haul it. 
shared a statement, uh, however, on the local television station, saying we're working to resolve the mishap. The company has not yet reached out to Hodgson, the homeowner, since the misunderstanding took place. It's just hard to believe someone thinks that they have the right to just come and tear something up and walk away and didn't come back and say, I'm sorry, what do I need to do to fix this? Well, there's no fixing that, but of course there is a financial remuneration that I'm certain will be coming, perhaps after a long court battle, but it will be coming. I mean, I suppose the plus is that her possessions weren't in there necessarily as yes. the house was vacant. It did have sentimental value. I'm not sure what their plan was. Um, but They had 15 years to come up with one. <laughs> they did. We'll uh, see if there's more to that story in the days ahead, and we'll cover it if there is. Well, You're the listening- house could use some covering. Well, what house? That's true. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. We're just taking a look at... Uh, you know, some of the lighter side of the news, random thoughts on a passing scene. We'll be back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, we're back. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show. I've invited James Blend to join me to take a brief look at some of the lighter side of the news. Hey, James. Hey, in, in the words of the great Eeyore, thanks for noticing me. <laughs> you get a bit of a short shrift because we're, uh, we've only got one segment, but uh, let's hit the ground running. Eh? Absolutely. All right. Being a head of state is a busy job and family life sometimes takes a back seat. Luckily, there are other heads of state on hand to remind you when you might have forgotten your wife's birthday. Well, that was the case this week. Chinese President Xi Jinping seems set to avoid a domestic black mark after Joe Biden pointed out that his uh, life partner of more than three decades was about to celebrate her special day on the same date as the U.S. president celebrates his. Peng Luyan A well-known soprano in China turned 61 on November 20th, the day Biden hits 81. U.S. officials said Biden, who was meeting Xi for the uh, crunch summit on the outskirts of San Francisco, had asked the Chinese leader to pass on birthday wishes to Peng. An embarrassed Xi said that he had been up to his eyeballs in statesmanship, statecraft, and the date had passed him by, or at least the remembrance of it. Good job, he stopped uh, by then to wish his wife... Happy birthday in the next couple of days. Still time to get a gift. Still time. What do you? What does a Chinese president give to his wife? One wonders. Something made in the U.S. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Well, a fountain in Austria's capital commemorating 150 years of Vienna's modern water systems has drawn fierce criticism for its perceived ugliness and excessive cost. The 1.8 million euro, that's 1.9 million U.S., fountain was commissioned by the city's left-wing government led by Social Democrat Mayor Michael Ludwig and inaugurated by President Alexander van der Bellen on the 24th of last month. The unusual fountain, which I've seen, and ugly does seem to fit, features 33 humanoid sculptures seated in a circle was created by the provocative Viennese artist group Gelatin uh, after their design symbolizing the communal responsibility for water as a precious resource won over the jury. While officials hailed the fountain's extraordinary reality-inspired design for skillfully conveying a pivotal sense of togetherness, critics took issue with its artistic properties, venting their anger online. One post on X, formerly Twitter, by an account called Culture Critic that slammed the fountain's design and huge costs to taxpayers has since been viewed by more than 7.6 million 
Uh, other astonished Internet users blasted the artwork as the ugliest fountain they had ever seen. And some even spotted the uh, Michelin Man-esque figure among the sculptures. So the right-wing Freedom Party hardline uh, leader, he blamed the Social Democrats for damaging Vienna's image by building a luxury fountain with ugly figures, which he uh, said showed how completely out of touch the party is. Uh, humanoid figures is the right way to describe them. They they look like something out of Star Wars at one of their uh, their bars. You know, you see all these unearthly creatures standing around sipping drinks. It, it's kind of like that, only they're in a circle around a very large fountain. That does sound disturbing. It was. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm, I'm recovering. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, good. Thank you. Well, a subscription box company is seeking a special Christmas movie maven to get paid $2,000 to wit, to watch and rank 12 Hallmark holiday movies. $2,000. Bloomsy Box said the chosen candidate will also receive an ample supply of Ghirardelli hot chocolate, two pairs of fuzzy socks to guarantee a cozy watching experience. We've devised an ironclad rating system designed to stand up to the scrutiny of even the most steadfast of scro- uh, Scrooges, The website said the film fan will be asked to rank each movie by criteria, including festivity factor, predictability quotient. They're always predictable. Chemistry check, tearjerker test and replay value. The movies chosen for the experiment are the most wonderful time of the year. Crown for Christmas, the nine lives of Christmas, Christmas getaway, journey back to Christmas, ghosts of Christmas always. Family for Christmas, Christmas Under Wraps, Three Wise Men and a Baby, A Royal Christmas, North Pole and A Christmas Train. So in, out of those, eight of them have Christmas in the title. <laughs> Don't they all? I didn't know. Is it Three Wise Men and a Baby? Is... Well, The Most Wonderful Time of the Year does not. Yes, and Three Wise Men and a Baby did not. All the others do. Oh, no, there's another one, North Pole. Oh, North Pole. I, well, yeah. yeah, so three of them do not. Okay. In addition to the $2,000 payment, the chosen candidate will also receive a 12-month flower box subscription. Do you watch those Hallmark Christmas no. movies at all? Ne- if you've seen one, you've seen them all. That's kind of the impression I got. It's kind of like those things that uh, they used to have like Mad Libs where you fill in the different uh, nouns and adjectives and stuff and tell a different story. But uh, to me, it, it yeah, it's just fill in the blank. Um, I've never seen one. I don't need to to know the plot. <laughs> I believe that if I sat down to watch one, I would be able to predict everything that happens and at what point it would happen. Um, but... Uh, the Ghirardelli hot chocolate makes it mildly tempting. I'll be honest. I love that stuff. Yeah, and the fluffy slippers. That might. Well, you can't go wrong with those. No, no, you can't. No. Unless you're watching a Hallmark Christmas movie. Yeah, there is that. Well, did you know there has uh, been appointed a bird of the century? With all the incredible birds there are in the planet, there's a bird of the century. Huh. It's like, you know, the sexiest man alive. How do you pick one person out of all the people on the planet as if you have watched and seen every single... It's just the exercise in futility. Anyway... This particular bird, it's called the Pukatik, also known as the Australian Crested Grebe, was named New Zealand's Bird of the Century after a campaign spearheaded by comedian John Oliver. Well, conservation charity Forest and Bird announced the winner Wednesday after a two-day delay caused by a flood of voters who temporarily crashed the online voting verification system. Oliver voiced his support for the Pukatik, in the online voting during the November 5th episode of the HBO series um, last week tonight, no bird on earth is more deserving of bird of the century than this one, Oliver said. They were uh, are weird puking birds with colorful mullets. What's not to love here? 
And yes, pukatik is what they call it because, well, that's what they do. Forrest and, uh, and Bird said more than 350,000 votes were cast in the Bird of the Century poll. 290,374 of those went to the pukatik. The previous record for most votes cast in the annual contest was 56,000. So this was quite a boost in their efforts. The pukatik. So the, the question I have is, are we talking about the last century or the current century? Because we're not that far in, and there could be birds discovered that we don't know about well, that could topple it. That's true. I Violently don't know. so. I, I guess they would reserve the right to revisit this at any point. I would hope so. Yeah. I would hope so. Well, an online marketplace for pet owners released its annual list of the most popular pet names with Charlie and Luna topping the list for male and female dogs, respectively. I don't know a single Charlie or Luna dog. Of course, I only know about half a dog, but neither of them has that name. The rest of the top does ten... Ha- does the half a dog have half a name? <laughs> yes. Okay. I can never hear it because I'm screaming, and I can't hear the voices of the owners give the name while Fair I'm enough. screaming. The rest of the top ten male dog names are on Rover's 11th annual Most Popular Pet Names report were Max, Cooper, Milo... Buddy, Reddy, that's R-E-D-D-Y, Rocky, Bear, Leo, and Duke. The company said Max uh, was knocked to the number two spot after 10 years as the top dog. The rest of the top 10 names for female dogs were Bella, Daisy, Lucy, Lily, Lola, Zoe, Sadie, Stella, and Bailey. The top male cat, by the way, Uh, Cat names for the year were Oliver, Milo, Leo, Charlie, Loki, Max, Simba, Jack, Ollie, and Jasper. The top names for female felines were Luna, Bella, Lily, Lucy, Nala, Callie, Kitty, Cleo, Willow, and Stella. How do they know this? Uh, they, uh... Yeah, you have no idea. Well, Rover also also tracked trending names for the year and found... uh, Some more unusual choices had sharp increases over the previous year. The trending name for dogs included Kelsey, Wednesday, Oak, Laney, Minnow, Smokey, Estrella, Emmy, Robbie, and Chia, as in Chia. Trending names for cats were Norbert, Soju, Snoop, Choco, Fuzz, Tsuki, No, as in K-N-O-W, Munch, Luffy, and Maisie. Did you say Minnow was one of them? Yes. That makes a good name for a cat, actually, if you think about it, because they wander off so long, you know, the Minnow would be lost. <laughs> and only when our cat left. What's your cat's name? Minnow. Where'd oh, he go? I don't know. He tour. said he was going to be gone for three hours. <laughs> a three-hour tour through the neighborhood. I don't know what to tell you. But, uh, you know, I'm thinking we should take a, like a 70-hour tour or 71-hour tour. Really? Are we out of time? We are so out of time. I'm not going to have time to talk about the horse that was loose on a plane. Uh, No. And knowing my fear of horses, I'm glad you did not. (laughs) Next week. You're listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. It's aired on 93.9 KPDQ. Hey, welcome back. You're listening to the Friday edition of the Georgine Rice Show as we take a look at the lighter side of the news. Now, I say we because I've invited James Blend to join me in that endeavor. And what an endeavor it is. Yes. One of the things I think they ought to teach in school. I mean, they teach a lot of things. A lot of it's of very little use. Um, But they ought to teach the purpose and value of the waste. 
and that it serves a purpose in helping to keep one's trousers, skirts, or other uh, clothing items up so that you don't expose unseemly portions of your anatomy. Well, if you are planning a life of crime, you might want to consider, well, this story. A pair of multicolored briefs peeking out above a robbery suspect's low-slung trousers helped police arrest him more than a year later, according to federal authorities. And I never got the phenomenon of, you know, low riders where uh, your your pants, and this is primarily the case with young men, your pants, um, they rest beneath the fullest part of your backside. And one of the things I do to m- amuse myself is to watch the the lengths to which some of these young men will go to walk in order to keep their pants up because there's nothing to hold them up. So you have to spread your feet apart um, at the widest um, range possible in order to keep the pants from coming all the way down. It's really quite amusing. Anyway, the robbery, it happened at a tobacco shop in Queens in September. Three masked men uh, got to the um, uh, got out of a Mazda and entered the store, according to the complaint filed with the federal court last week. Two of the men pointed guns at employees and customers, while the third emptied the cash register and grabbed merchandise and employees' cell phones, the complaint said. Well, surveillance video that were uh, disseminated through the media showed the third robber wearing brightly colored briefs with a large letter R in white and um, the year 1990 in yellow. Well, an anonymous tipster, he passed along the Instagram handle of a suspect with a colorful underwear, the complaint said. The caller also told the police that the robber had tried to sell their stolen merchandise at another Queens location. Well, detectives reviewed the video footage from the uh, sale location and spotted the man with a colorful underwear, now easily identifiable because he was no longer wearing a mask, the complaint said. Well, police identified the suspect based on the in, his Instagram account, the video from the merchandise sale spot and uh, photos from his prior arrests, 30-year-old suspect, 30 years old, should know where his waist is and know better than to, anyway, thieve, was arrested on Wednesday morning at his home in Queens by members of the New York Police Department's Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms Joint Task Force. An email seeking comment was sent to the suspect's attorney with the federal judge, uh, uh, federal public defender's office. The other robbery suspects are still at large. Apparently their pants were pulled up and they did not wear colorful undergarments anyway just keep your pants up it seems like an easy enough thing i mean they have multiple devices available to assist with there's that. there's the belt suspenders. there's the suspender absolutely mm-hmm. yeah yeah and there's the waistband which in and of itself is sufficient to hold something in its proper place yes indeed okay Well, a man uh, was shocked to discover the source of his headache was um, he had this headache for five months. He had a headache for five months and he discovered after five months the source of his headaches, a pair of chopsticks inside his skull. That's not what I where I expected that one. to No. How does a man uh, find himself impaled by a pair of chopsticks Suffer for five months with a headache and have no idea? Of any of this. Well, the man recalled getting in a fight while he was out drinking months earlier. A pounding headache led to a shocking discovery after the source of the pain was revealed to be a pair of chopsticks after the man experienced these um, headaches. And again, five months, doctors at Cuba Friendships Hospital in Dong Hoi told the 35-year-old man that he had a pair of chopsticks lodged inside his skull, according to the New York Post. Upon checking into the hospital in November... 
A CT scan revealed that the man was suffering from a rare, potentially life-threatening neurological condition that was caused by the pair of chopsticks that had allegedly gone up his nose and into his brain. He suffered a headache for five months and had no idea. Yeah. Well, the Post reported that while the man was initially surprised at how chopsticks ended up inside his skull, he soon remembered a fight he was involved in while out drinking five months prior. Okay, two things. Keep your pants up. Stop drinking. The patient reportedly told doctors that he could not recall many details from the fight, but did remember something stabbing him in the face with an unknown object. Stay sober. Boy. The surgeons were able to successfully remove the chopsticks and the patient was said to be in stable condition, waiting to be released from the hospital. I'm not sure stable is the right word to use here. Wow. A pair, not just one, a pair. I don't get it. I mean, at what angle would they have to have gone in? You've seen the length of a chopstick. They're not short. This just does not. Okay. And five months? Five months. I mean, I don't know that I would go five days without getting a headache checked out. Five minutes. I mean, obviously I had to sober up, but maybe an hour or so. Anyway, again, stay sober, stop drinking, keep your pants up. These seem like such easy things that are such a problem, apparently. Yeah, common sense is dead. A Paraguayan official is out over an agreement he made and signed with a fake country. Well, a Paraguayan government official was replaced after it was revealed that he signed a memorandum of understanding with representatives of a fugitive Indian guru fictional country who also appeared to have duped several local officials in the South American country. The revelation sparked a scandal and lots of social media mockery in Paraguay. But it's hardly the first time self-described representatives of the United States of Casala duped international leaders. Earlier this year, they managed to participate in a United Nations committee meeting in Geneva and also signed agreements with local leaders in the United States and Canada. Arnaldo Charmaro was replaced as chief of staff for the Paraguay's uh, agricultural ministry on Wednesday, shortly after it was revealed that he signed a proclamation with a representative of the United States of Calasa. Well, among other things, uh, the October 16th proclamation expressed a sincere wish and recommendation for the government of Paraguay to consider, explore and actively seek the establishment of diplomatic relations with the United States of Calasa and support the admission of the uh, United States of Calasa as a sovereign and independent state in various international organizations, including, among others, the United Nations, according to a copy of the agreement posted on social media. Representatives of the fictional country met with the uh, Shamaro and Agriculture Ministry, Carlos Gamirez, uh, Shamaro said in a radio interview. Well, during the interview, he recognized he didn't know where the uh, country was located and said he signed what he characterized as a memorandum of understanding because they offered to help Paraguay with a, a variety of issues, including irrigation. Photos posted of the uh, on the country's social media accounts also showed representatives of the fictional country signing agreements with local leaders of the um, Maria Antonio and uh, Carpi municipalities. Uh, The social media account celebrated each of these signings. Well, the Colossus website, the fictional country, is described as the revival of the ancient enlightened Hindu civilizational nation, which is being revived by displaced Hindus from around the world. 
It is led by a self-styled guru who is wanted in India on several charges, including sexual assault. His whereabouts are unknown. This is all from the website. Representatives of the United States of Kalasa participated in two U.N. committee meetings in Geneva in February, according to media reports. In March, Newark City Council of New Jersey, they acknowledged it had gotten scammed when it signed a sister city agreement with Kalasa. Wow. And these are the people who are making decisions nationally and internationally about the future of the globe. You know, it, it I feel of, better. Yeah, it reminds me uh, that, uh, you know, I, I, did I mention that I won a vacation recently? To? Um, Agrabah. Yeah. I can't wait. I, I hear I hear they've got a great genie and stuff there. So. <laughs> oh, my. Well, we <laughs> I'll I'll talk to him. Uh, when just, we it's like a break. whole new world. I mean, you know. Yeah, it is a whole new world. Hey, we are out of time. If you're uh, in Portland, we're going to continue with the Christian Outlook. If you are Seattle listeners, have a great weekend. And uh, we'll hope to talk with you again next week. I want to thank Pedro Bartes for engineering and producing today's program in the Seattle market. News up next. You know, Georgine, you've never had a friend like me. <laughs> no, I haven't. Thanks for listening to the Georgine Rice Show podcast. If you'd like more information on today's guests, please visit the show at kpdq.com and like us on Facebook. And join us live every weekday at 4 for more critical thinking for critical times on 93.9 KPDQ. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.